Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Welcome along. Monday morning episode. Um, Sam, you're not well again, are you? I know. I don't know what the matter with me is, mate. Your yeah. immune system's just gone to fuck. It's the third cold I've had in about a month. I, mean, I think a lot of people are the same. Everyone's everyone's immune system's just been flattened by staying in for 18 months. And now we're at, yeah. uh, there's all these bugs are doing the rounds and everybody's poorly. If you're poorly and you're listening to this, get well soon, please. Yeah. You know what I'm I'm doing? I get my little collection of bits and bobs for when I'm cold, or oh, for when I've got a cold or yeah. I'm ill. So I've got like Talk the streps, strepsils. Mm. Um, my most valuable thing is a block nose spray, mm. like which I think I've talked about before. I got quite addicted to it. Actually, some listeners related to yeah. me on that. Because they're very addictive, because it's so invigorating when you spray your nose. Like your nose feels like it's got concrete poured into it. You just cannot breathe mm. for your nose. And then one squirt of this stuff, it's just like it nukes it. And then suddenly you're breathing. You're like, this is what air really feels like. Yeah. Right. Is this a, is this an over the counter product? Or is yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. It's off the Pharmacist. shelf, mate. It's off the fucking shelf. Wow. And it's I, I do feel that it's addictive because it's like it's like. I've never taken LSD, but I've read a lot about it. And mm. the way that people say when you take LSD, suddenly you see the world as it actually is, not how our, because parts of your brain, you know, like most of our brains just not, not being utilised. I think it's like a windscreen wiper across your consciousness. Is that right? Yeah. Is that what they say? They, they, it opens Something the like doors of perception. Yeah, that's what Jim it? Morrison said, wasn't it? That's why he called his group the doors. Yeah. You see, see things like how we're all interconnected, etc. Yeah. yeah? Yeah. Well, I've never taken LSD, but I have taken Vic's nasal spray, and it's a mm-hmm. similar thing, but with breathing. Like, in yeah. as much as you go around thinking, of course I'm breathing. If I wasn't breathing, I'd be dead. But you've never really breathed until you've had a couple of fucking pumps on this bastard, and then you're Ding. like, wow, I'm breathing more than ever. My head is so full of delicious, pure oxygen. And you don't think about, you don't consciously think about breathing when you're doing it, do you? You don't, run, don't walk around going, I'm breathing, I'm breathing, I'm breathing. No, this is it. If you I'm do doing think it. that, I'm you, doing it. You, I'm breathing. You probably stop and then die. Yeah, exactly. Take it for granted. It's pretty In fact, best. you should think about putting a trigger warning on this podcast. Trigger warning. For who? Breathing discussion, which may upset some people's breathing patterns. Sam, that's going to be the title. Never mind a trigger warning. Trigger warning, breathing discussion. <laughs> write that down so don't forget it later on but I mean fuck yeah talk about taking stuff for granted yeah I mean you find yourself just stopping and thinking am I breathing am I still breathing am I breathing right am I breathing too fast am I breathing too slow I don't know but, um, it's one yeah. of those many things it's like the classic where we talk about what you do with your arms when you're asleep the moment you start yeah. thinking about it you don't know what that the moment you start thinking about it you start thinking 
what the fuck are these arms here for? Like, mm. why can't you detach them at night time? Can I get by with it? Yeah, exactly. Just with Velcro. Mm. Um, that'd be the easiest way. But the the, the breathing thing with, with the congestion, the worst for that is when you're in bed and you're trying yeah. to sleep and you're lying on your side and it's all down. All the, the, oh. the, the congestion is down at the it, side that you're lying on. You've got, you've got a little bit of breathing space up at the top end, but then you want to switch sides and you've got to go through the whole rigmarole as the mucus mm. shifts oh. from one side to the other. As gravity does its work. And then I awful. start snoring because mm. I am a snorer anyway. I'm also and a then, snorer, you know, I'll admit that. I got up in the night and I just had to fucking whack a load of this nasal spray up my nose at half, at what I call half time of night. Mm. So I'd done... What's that, about next, three? Yeah. And I just get up, go in the loo, have a piss, and I get the old pumpo action out, as I call it, <laughs> my nasal spray. And you, of course, on the instructions, it says only do one squirt up one uh, up each nostril. Yeah. Fuck that. Do they know who they're always, talking to? If you can always fucking double whatever the instructions say. Fuck that's it, just, at least. That's just covering their own arse legally, isn't it? I'm fucking bang out. Bang, 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 bang. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> fucking destroy my nostrils. <laughs> And then I got off to sleep. Nostrils. The reason I started saying this is that the colds are coming so thick and fast that my little collection, my handkerchiefs, my nasal spray, my throat lozenges, my night nurse, my day nurse, my Beecham's powders, and so forth. <laughs> you know, you get cold, then you start to... You, you've got a big load of them next to your bed, like a nan. Because nans always have a collection of my, shit next to their bed, don't they? illness paraphernalia. Yeah. And... Uh, I, so I have my illness paraphernalia next to my bed and then you get better and you put it away. I've started not bothering to put it away. Oh, man. I'm going, that's <laughs> staying there because this cunt will be back in a couple of days and I'm not going to yeah. put it all back in the sick bag, the <laughs> illness medicine bag that we keep in the cupboard and then have to get it all out again. It's all staying there because it's a waste of time putting it away again. It's going to be needed all through winter. Oh, it's going to be rough. It's going to be a rough winter. I mean, I've still got like residual symptoms from when I had COVID last month, or nearly two months ago. Now I've still got a little bit of congestion. And I've still got a bit of a cough. It's just not. You know what you've got? I've been reading a lot about this longish COVID. Longish COVID, yeah. Longish COVID. It's like it's, long COVID. But, it's, I'll admit it's not as bad, but it is still bad. It's longish. It's more a longish COVID. It means I'm still not fully fit to go back to work. <laughs> I can still go. I can still go back to my business, but uh, I can, I can go annoying. back to work. But I'm not going to be as productive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a sick house. I've got poor DJ Beans, um, my my child and host of the Beans on Toast podcast, and he's been ill with a cold for about a week, and it was going away, and then it's mutated into this horrific, relentless cough that he just can't stop coughing. It's fucking insane. It's like I'm listening to him coughing. I'm thinking, can you not just try stop coughing? Because he's <laughs> coughing all the time. It's bad when you get so, annoyed with someone for coughing. Oh, if you love I, that person, it's frustrating though. Because yeah, because it's someone you love, and it's like you want to just stop, make it stop for them. But so at I was the same up, time, I was you want to just say, shut the fuck up. I was up at half one, which is not half time <clears> in the night. It's kind of like <clears> the um, the drinks break almost. <clears> um. I was up boiling a massive bowl of water to what, put next to his pale? bed just to, just to try and humidify his room a bit. And it worked. So that was oh, good. that's good. But before that, he was just... He's texting me at half one in the morning. I can't cope with this. Oh, my you know, God. Fucking hell. 
You don't need that from fucking parents. Fucking hard, isn't it? Yeah. I wouldn't recommend automatically having children to anybody. If no, someone comes along and says, "Think it through more." If someone comes along and says, "I don't want kids," I'll say to them, "Hey, hats off to you. Get a cat." I mean, you know, I think, I think on balance, both of us love being dads, but. Ooh. Having that, having said that, I do love being dads and I've got no regrets. But I do think that, like with a lot of things in our society, parenting is one of these sort of automatic expectations that no one stops and says. I think there are a lot of people. I I can say I always wanted to be a dad, like from a yeah. young age. When I was together with Anna, I always thought we'd have kids, and it wasn't just about our relationship. It was about I actually wanted to be a dad. I sort of had that feeling, but. That's that's just me, and I think that there's a lot of expectation in society. Like, for instance, when you get married, right? Mm. People like almost on your wedding day saying, "So, when are you going to have kids?" Yeah, yeah. And I remember finding that really irritating, right? Because for a start, it wasn't as fucking easy to get pregnant as I'd been led to believe, anyway. So you're quite stressed. <laughs> but also, it, imagine if you're so, you're a couple who haven't really discussed it or have actually discussed it and gone, "Don't really want kids," right? I can't have them, and then. You know, there's and lots of different variables. Can't have them. And people are like, you sort of feel that people will judge you for that. Yeah. Like, for instance, like you might be perceived as selfish, you know, or unwar- like lacking in warmth or whatever. But that's all bollocks. It's like yeah. having kids is a massive deal. And we yeah. shouldn't just make it like an expectation. Uh, you yeah, know, like, uh, uh, like, you know, oh, well, you've got to do this. You've got to buy a house. You've got to have kids. You've got to get married. Fuck's sake. And then if you have one kid... Everyone's like, when's the next one coming then? Because they're like guinea pigs. They don't fucking exist on their own. You've got to have two, otherwise they'll get lonely. Yeah. Fuck off. I mean, I've got I two. I think people should yeah. ask people about kids. I remember thinking no. that time, just, uh, it was quite emotionally taxing for us, both pregnancies, both trying to get pregnant both times, miscarriages, etc. And oh, it was really like, for a few years, it kind of dominated your thoughts a lot of the time. Mm. And it's one of those things that people ask you quite casually. But I don't think it should be a casual thing to say. I think people, unless you bring it yeah. up, unless someone else brings it up, you should keep your mouth shut around people because they're often going through like hell. Do you know what I mean? I think that's, that applies to anything to do with anybody's body or health. Mind your, How's your body business. doing? Yeah, What's the body working all right, is it? Any problems with your body you want to tell me about? Fuck off. What are your balls looking like these days? Still there? <laughs> Still got both of them, have you? <laughs> I mean, fucking hell. Yeah. Um, yeah, My both of my kids at this stage of their life, which is like age 17 and 13, so, you know, they haven't fully formed their plans, let's say. But neither of them want to have kids. And I think that really? generation are both like, that generation are all kind of like, well, the world's fucking burning, so why should we procreate and bring more life into it? And fucking yeah. prolong the suffering. I totally get it. So I might not get grandkids. I'm not bothered. Well, with the way that the environment is as well, like, do you know what I mean? We'll hopefully be lovely and dead. Although the more I read about it, the more that I think, I don't think we will be lovely and dead by the time the mm. most awful, some of the most awful effects of global warming will, will be visited upon us. Because it's going well, think, on now in other parts of the world. It's only yeah. a matter of time before it gets to fucking Barnes and Sunderland. I mean, we've got our plans to re- to retire to our um, Mallorcan podding rigs. Adjacent yeah. to each other, where we'll we'll do occasional podcasts, just to pay for um, 
what you would call oh, beer tapas. money. Obviously, not for you. You don't drink beer and tapas, yeah. Yeah. And um, I've been I've been hearing that in a few years down the line, there are going to be days uh, in that part of the world where it will be actually too hot to leave the house. Yeah. They'll tell you you can't go out because it's too hot, and that's coming. What yeah. The fuck. No one so, thinks well, about us, the Mallorcan retirees community. Yeah. <laughs> the future been... Mallorcan retiree community. <laughs> It's been overlooked, I think, in many I've of these conversations. Been building up this for decades. Been building up this for decades, and now it's all starting to fall apart. I'll end up having to I mean, fucking you retire in Northumberland north or Sunderland. It's only a matter of time before you look out your window and some emaciated fucking polar bear is wandering down your your rig, look, right down yeah. your street, looking in fucking bins for something to eat, mate. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing here? And he's looking at you saying, what do you think I'm doing here? I'm fucking swimming south, mate. Sunderland was where I yeah. ro- washed up because my... The fucking iceberg that I've been sitting on, like a cunt off the mints, it fucking <laughs> melted. So I've come here. I've flown all this way down. Work, but I yeah. can't fucking get any. Despite I can't the get fact benefits. that there appears to be a shortage. I applied for a job as a fan driver and they said I wasn't qualified. What a fucking joke. I thought the Amazon factory were taking on, but they don't take bears on. It's fucking prejudice. Fucking prejudice. They assume that we're all going to just start fucking around with the packaging, tearing shit open or attacking our workmates. What, just because you heard that once on a fucking documentary by that cunt Attenborough who spreads lies and propaganda (laughs) about us? They reckon they're going to send us home because I haven't got the right paperwork. How am I going to get home? How am I going to get home? You know what I mean? There's no flights to the North Pole. Fuck's sake. Anyway, they probably wouldn't put a polar bear on a fucking commercial plane either. More prejudice. Well, they'd put it in the hold, wouldn't they? Like that fellow with the dogs in Afghanistan. Be down there with the fucking chickens, mate. Probably need to drug it. What are you sending chickens to the North Pole for? What the fuck's that about? <laughs> if you go into there? the hull of any aeroplane, there is always chickens in cages. That's just standard on any commercial flight. <laughs> the word Kabul sprung to mind there. I don't know why. I just assumed that all flights out of Kabul have oh, yeah. chickens in the hull or chickens yeah, yeah. at the airport in cages. <laughs> Yeah, the well, I think they, a lot of pilots see it as good luck. They won't fly unless there's a chicken in, in down there. Uh, did you see Boris Johnson yesterday talking about pig slaughter and, and no. uh, Andrew Marshall? Yeah, that was good. Apparently, there's there's a situation brewing because there's not enough workers, so there's not enough slaughterhouse workers, and there's a lot of pigs who would normally be slaughtered and sold for food, um, and they're just going to have to be killed on the farms because the process isn't there, to um, the normal process isn't there. They've got to be just um, slaughtered by the farmers and then just the, burn the corpses. And this is all a result of, if you like, Brexit. But, of course, they're all denying that it's got fuck all to do with Brexit, but, of course, it's Brexit. What a bizarre interview with the Prime Minister. You would have thought, well, if, I'd, if I'd bet what he, what I would be asking him about, what I'd be talking about, that would have been low on my list. Well, it's just an example of what's happening and how the whole supply chain if you want to call it that, is breaking down at the minute. It's not just petrol. It's, you know, we're not going to get out pork chops because um, no one's there to process the dead pigs. And Johnson just just seemed to just give so so few fucks about this. It was unbelievable. And he says, yeah. what, what, what your viewers have to understand is that, that, uh, that pigs die. Anyway, that's part of the process of getting <laughs> pork is that the pigs will have to die. And these pigs will die anyway. <laughs> so he's just like saying, he's like saying, oh, fuck it, you know what I mean? We're get, these pigs are going to die anyway. They might not get in the slaughterhouse. They're going to get burned on the farm. But end of the day, 
big pile of dead pigs. And that's Either what way, want, you've got it? dead pig on your hand. The question is, how do you dispose of it? You can eat it. Fucking I, hell. Effectively, pork as a edible fucking produce was invented by farmers who had a load of dead pigs and didn't know how to get rid of them. So they <laughs> thought they came up with a scam of fucking feeding them to humans and processing what? the waste through a human's body and out his ass. First now of that all, is not possible, so we will simply burn them. But it all goes down all, the same way. They came across that idea by initially burning them and realising that they smell great. Yeah. So then they thought, well, I would eat that Andrew, next time. Andrew, let me stop you there. Let me stop you there, Andrew. Right? No, I know you've got your questions to ask. That's fine. But I just want to say one thing. The smell of a pig burning is intoxicating. Even for the most militant of vegans out there, right? You know it and I know it, right? So for anyone, all I would say, can I turn to camera? What camera? Camera four, right? I'm going to say it straight down to the British people, yeah? I know you're going to miss eating your sausages. There may be a sausage shortage for a little while. But go to your nearest pig farm and within a couple of mile radius, especially on a windy day, you will at least be able to get the wonderful scent of burning pig, which will go some way to make it up for your loss. Thank you. Now, Andrew, continue with your questions. Jalapeño. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes... Lots of other marvellous benefits and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your tits. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash iron filings. Jalapeño. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Jalapeno. It's been interesting seeing him being interviewed the last few days because he rarely gets interviewed because obviously he's got nothing of any substance to say. And he just yeah. seems bored with everything. He seems bored with being in charge. Do you know what I mean? He wants it all to stop. He's got that thing where you become a boss and suddenly you realise that as a boss, all you all you do is deal with other people's problems. Yeah. A boss is not really making much happen because mm. the, the vast majority of your in tray. What's in my in tray? Right. <laughs> Past majority of your fucking in tray is just people moaning about shit that they've got yeah. on their plate. Firefighting. And I think that's probably a nightmare for even people who are good at being a boss, right? But mm. Boris Johnson has got no fucking interest in helping other cunts with their problems. No. Being Prime no. Minister is like every cunt in the country's problem is on your plate and you can yeah. care less about any of them. Will he quit or is he seduced so much by the idea that he can bowl around saying, I'm the fucking prime minister, that that will be enough for him to overlook the fact that the actual work itself is really boring. I'm not sure he wants to see, be seen as a quitter. I think he'll, he'd like them to remove him at some point, but he hasn't, uh, nobody else wants to fucking take over, do they? I heard Rishi Sunak on the radio this morning. I don't usually listen to the news, but for some reason this morning I fancied it. I was in the Fancy car. Fancy news. 
That's it. For the music, yeah. the music was demanding. I was too ill to listen to pop music. Gives me right. up. And Rishi Sunak was on. Who is you know talks with a lot more eloquence and intelligence than Boris Johnson. And I was thinking, mm. fucking, hell, Boris Johnson must be shitting himself because this geezer seems much more prime ministerial. Mm. I mean, obviously, I don't like the bloke, but he was he was going on about um, the nobility of work, Andy. He was going, oh, yeah. of course I believe in the nobility of work. We Hard all do, work. that's our entire thing. And I'm thinking, fuck off with your nobility of work. Mate, there is no nobility to work, right? No, no, think no. of the jobs that most people have to fucking do. There is nothing fucking... No- what do you think of when you think, no, but I think of a proud dog, one of them hunting dogs. <laughs> with its nose slightly turned up in the air. Dog, some some pointing upwards. Of, most yeah. dogs aren't noble, most dogs are silly, but... You know, or a noble horse. There's mm-hmm. a dignity. Do you know what? Nobility and dignity sort of go hand in hand. I think we've said before that we think dignity is overrated in any case. Like, fucking mm. hell, who cares about it? But there isn't much dignity in work. Because work no. is like you're going somewhere and some other cunt is telling you, do that or you're not going to get paid and then you'll starve yeah, you and die. Eat. That's the fucking dynamic. The dynamic is do what I'm telling you or risk death. There is not like, there is there is no fucking an ability to that. So this nobility of no, work no. stuff, they can shut up. There is yeah. a necessity of work. That's it. Who Nobi- is there is something noble in lying in bed all day? Who is millionaire R- Rishi Shunak? Who's he working for? Who's his boss? Us. You know what I mean? Us? Is he doing what we tell him to do? Oh, I work so. for the British people. Get me Fuck off the seriously. I do. And I take that very, can't say now he took his job very seriously as if we were contract. supposed to be surprised or fucking happy about that. <laughs> Nobility at work, fuck off. Yeah, cunts. Getting back to the sausages though. slaves. Get, get, get back to the sausages though, Sam. That, that, you just said their possible sausage shortage. That worried me. That mm. worried me a lot coming up to Christmas and everything. Um, I, I, I've just thought we could have during the live shows, if this sausage shortage does kick in, we could start having sausage swaps at the live shows. If any of you've got an excess amount of sausages and you want to bring them along, we can hook you up with someone at, on the night. It doesn't have enough sausages. And maybe do a sausage swap. You know, like on Swap um, Shop. Are these venues, it'll vary the policies from each venue. Some venues don't allow raw meat in them. All right. I don't know. So you, you, you can bring them, but you're going to have to cook them first. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Mm. that's not the same is it because then you'd have to wait no, them and that's on the, the night cold I, I think it's something to do with foot and mouth I don't know yeah is that what I've seen in the contracts we have with these uh, venues there's a thing called force majeure is that is that raw meat is that French yeah. for raw meat like if someone rocks up ah, with some raw right, meat yeah. yeah force meaning raw and majeure, majeure meaning meat sausages <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, if, if someone turns up, at, you know, an unforeseen scenario in which one of your audience members has entered the premises in the possession of some raw mints or some raw sausages or chops or whatever, uh, then you get no money and everyone has to leave. Oh, fuck that then. Forget, I'll just, I'll just edit that bit out about the, the sausage swap then. Cause we're yeah, not it's probably do the best you do. Yeah. <clears throat> I saw James Bond. Oh, Yeah. I haven't yeah. seen a James Bond. I was working this out. I haven't seen a James Bond, I think, since about 1992. 
So you haven't seen any of the Daniel Craig ones? No, none of them. Not interested. Well, Daniel Craig, I mean, the thing is, I'm not going to give any spoilers. I, I will tell you that, you know, breaking news, James Bond in the latest film is still a massive prick. Like he's basically Great. always been, yeah. apart from in a couple of the films with Roger Moore where he was all right. Okay. <laughs> the rest of the time he's a prick, but he's a particular prick in the hands of Daniel Craig because Daniel Craig never fucking smiles, takes everything deadly seriously, and it's just really tedious. And Does like, he not do kind of like quips and one-liners nah. and, and raise the eyebrow like Roger Moore did? But all of the jokes Ugh. are awful, don't forget. Right, at least Roger Moore, the jokes weren't the thing that were funny. It was, yeah, I suppose it was Roger Moore's reaction to the fact that he was telling the joke. He was almost yeah. giving a wink to the audience as if to say, this is fucking stupid, isn't it? Right. <laughs> yeah. Daniel Craig takes the whole thing seriously. He did have one sort of pun that I thought was fun. He turns up at his mate's house at one point, right? And his mate just lives in a normal house, so it's quite funny when you see James Bond in a wow. normal domestic environment. His yeah. mate just lives in a sort of a flat somewhere. And he turns up <laughs> uninvited, by the way. Just like, knock, knock. Bloke answers that's, the door. That's right? rude. That's it's rude. Q. And Q's about to have a fucking date, right? So he's laying out candles and cooking dinner and all the rest of it. Knocks on the door. He thinks, oh, that's my date. Must be early. Opens the door. Fucking James Bond just walks straight in without even saying hello. It's a proper like, all right, con, I saw this. Hang on, this Did is Q, Q's. This is Q's house, is it? Yeah. Uh, that's not his mate, then. That doesn't count as his mate. That's a colleague. No, they are mates. No, well, they might be through work. Yeah. But, uh, when, but uh, when you said his mate, I thought you meant like, you know, like Pancho from the flats or someone like that. <laughs> yeah. It goes right to his mate's house, like his mate just from a, school. Just a mate he knows from the park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A bloke who just does, it does a bit of fucking uh, joinery work. Freelance. I know from the part we used to have kickabouts and that together. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know his second name. We've been drinking in the same pub for years. Don't know his surname. His cousin, good his cousin used to come round when we were teenagers. His cousin used to come to the part on his mountain bike and sell us hash. £7.50 for a 16th. <laughs> and it were all right. <clears throat> but he, he gave it to me because I knew him. Yeah, well, I knew his cousin, you know. Um, now he bowls in and he, he he bowls in he looks around at his flat as if to say fucking hell what a shithole I'm James Bond I'm used to fucking hanging around in palaces and flash hotels you can what am I doing here and I can see Q thinking well I don't fucking know but you weren't even invited so fuck off and he, he he looks all around and he clocks Q's cat and Q's got one of those cats that has no hair a bald one oh, and James yeah. Bond and I think this is supposed to be a gag because I read that Daniel Craig Bit rich come from him said there's not enough humour in the films. I mean, yeah, that's because you're so fucking miserable. You're in them, you and cunt. so he, yeah. he, he drafted in that Phoebe Waller Bridge to come in and do some jokes. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Well, from she, off the flea she bag. must have fucking phoned that job in, right? Because mm. the, the the only joke I remember is he looks at this bald cat and he goes, "They come with hair now, you know." Right to Q oh. and like sort of grins, and I can see Q thinking. Are you taking the piss out of my fucking cat, you cunt? You come out here, you wreck my fucking evening, you're not invited, and the first thing, you, you know what, it really reminded me of my dad. The sort of thing my dad does, like you'd invite him round, and he'll come round, and he'll walk in, also without saying hello, and then he'll just like look around for something to cunt off as his mm. opening gambit. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, a man's cat, is out of us. They're doing them with hair now, you know. Ha <laughs> ha, shit cat. Right. It's, Put the, it's the same cunt. kind of, um, it's the same kind of vibe as people who ask you when you're going to have kids or when your second kid's coming along. It's that, exactly it's that invasion of, of, 
of, of boundaries. Yeah, cunts. Can I just say, before going further, the Phoebe Waller-Bridger script and thing, getting her in because of Fleabag. Fleabag didn't have very many jokes in it, Sam. I never watched it. I thought... I know that I a lot of people love it, but fuck me, it's very fucking light on the humour. Jesus yeah. Christ. Which I get the impression that round, the jokes... Which brings me around to recommending on BBC iPlayer at the minute, Alma's Not Normal, which is kind of like Fleabag, but in Bolton, and with loads of jokes and loads of laughs in it. It yeah. is fucking brilliant. It's the best new Alma's sitcom I've normal. seen in years. Alma's Not Normal. Right. It's this woman in... Um, living in Bolton um, and loads of great female characters in it and I'm, uh, I'm, uh, mother is in in and out of mental health care uh, grandma is eccentric let's say Alma's working as a sandwich artist and then decides to become um, a sex worker for a while right. and uh, it's really really funny get it watched Fleabag with jokes and in the north I felt that Fleabag I only saw the odd clip of it was one of those programs that's all about awkwardness and awkward situations. Mm. And I don't know, I'm I'm not really a fan of jokes about awkwardness because I think being awkward's for cunts. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, we live out loud. We've got no time for awkwardness. Oh, that's all. Oh, God, this is weird. And I can never Orcs. relate to it. Like, you get a lot of bloke humour like that. They go, oh, fucking hell, it's really weird because socially you don't know what to say, do you, in a situation like mm. that? And that's where the humour comes from. And I Cringe humour, they call it. fucking grow up, you fucking baby. Like, do you know what? It's such a fucking... It's just like what posh cunts go on about is being awkward because they're worried too much about what fucking people think. That's the thing, yeah. I haven't got a lot of time for posh humour. Posh you know, humour, that awkward... I mean, not that posh people... I mean, Monty Python, a lot of them were posh, and, but they didn't fucking expect us to relate to awkward situations. I hate being asked to relate to awkward situations and then titter about them. So it's mm. like, well, that wouldn't be awkward for me because I wouldn't give enough of a fuck. Anyway. James Bond. Talking yeah. of posh cunts, James Bond, uh, I'm not going to give any big spoilers away, but I went with the whole fam, the four of us went... And everyone enjoyed it. And then we found ourselves discussing it at breakfast the next morning. Some of the things through the plot that we thought were plot holes. And near the quite near the beginning, so I don't consider it to be a spoiler. Let's just say there's a thing where Bond gets ambushed by some baddies. And he gets it in his nut that it's his bird who grasped him to the baddies, right? Mm. He thinks, she fucking grasped me. She, they, the only way they could have known I was here is if she fucking told them she's a grass. So having almost died but fought them off, he goes back and confronts his bird and he goes, Oi, you fucking grasped me. And she goes, No, I didn't. He goes, You fucking did. And she goes, No, I didn't. I swear I didn't. Why would I grasp you? Right? And he goes, You fucking grasped me. And then, in the end, she goes, Well, what are you want to do about it? And he goes, I'm never going to see you again. See ya. Fuck off. Right? Hmm. And I said, What I said the next day was, that's a bit far-fetched because James Bond is a spy and a spy, by definition, is someone who investigates things, investigates the truth about things and goes to huge lengths to do so, to discover mm. the truth. This is a woman who he's, like, professes to love. A couple of things have suggested that they may, that she may have grasped, but you would have right. thought before he got to the stage where he goes, I don't want to ever see you again... He might have done some due diligence. Do you know what yeah. I mean? A little yeah, bit digging. Yeah. But he went with his gut. And yeah. anyway, my wife was saying, no, oh, well, you know, she did. She got a call, which was a bit fishy from one of the geezers, from the baddies. Da, da, da. And I said, hang on a minute. 
I said, if I got ambushed by some enemies and there seemed to be evidence that you'd grasp me, I wouldn't just fucking leave you. I love you, so I'd give you the benefit of doubt and I'd do a bit of research on it first. Mm. And she went, what? Who would who would I grasp you to? And I said, Millwall, of course. And she of said, course, yeah. what? What's this? Fucking no time to Millwall. And I mm. thought, well, that's a funny name. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I said, what if you've been Millwall all along and this, you've been a sleeper that. agent embedded yeah. with me for decades yeah. and the whole time you're in the employ of Millwall? Anyway, what that led us to do was start thinking of all James Bond films with Millwall in the title. And I actually <laughs> briefed all my West Ham mates on WhatsApp to make all James Bond films to be about him having to fight Millwall. I'll tell you some of my favourites. Uh, and then do. the listeners can suggest some too. So, um, obviously, Dr. Millwall um, <laughs> from Millwall with Love. Quantum of Millwall was one of my favourites. In the runners-up uh, spot, it's Octo Millwall, <laughs> right, as in octopus. Eh? Yeah. But easily the best one mm. was my favourite 1960s James Bond film starring... George Lazenby, never say Millwall again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Millwall. And I think that's yeah. how they should reboot the movies as well. Yeah. I think it brings please, it more please, into um, the real can world. Can I just say, please don't send in your um, your no, Millwall Bond titles no, because there's, only, there's a finite number of them and we can all just yeah, we'll ourselves just by looking at the list. Over and over again. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. We'll go on Wikipedia and we'll all have a look and do them in our heads to ourselves. Do them in your heads. And don't share them with us at all, uh, or we might block you. Um, <laughs> License to Millwall. <laughs> yeah, we've had that 20 times in you the last live 30 Millwall. seconds, mate. Dr. Millwall. I think yeah, I've already Millwall. said that one. I think he said that one already, but here it is again, just in case he didn't. Uh, Millwall Royale. Uh, football predictions. I, I got one point. Results block got one point. You got no points. So fuck that. Fuck. Um, 34 to you, 33 to me, 21 results, but that's about it, really, Sam. You're not well, so I'll let you go and rest for the rest of the day. Go back to my bed, mate. Um, Heads up on Telly-wise, the new Labour documentary series starts tonight on BBC Two. That'll be good. A documentary about new Labour? Yeah. I think it's a three-part. What channel's that on? BBC Two, nine o'clock. That's exciting. If you want to try and imagine an alternate reality with the Labour government... um, there we go. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, goodbye. All the best. Bye-bye. Lesbians. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.